it's been a good week. <clears throat> been an emotional week <laughs> for me. Not sure I could have avoided that. Didn't want to avoid it. It was good. It's a, it's a week where I found myself saying <clears throat> quite often, Thank you, Father. I thanked God for you because so many of you helped, <laughs> helped us. Uh, and I just appreciate it. God bless you folks. You were a blessing to us. But I just, I thanked God for how faithful he is to me. I mean, who am I? Yet God is faithful to me. So today we come and offer God our praise and worship we offer this awesome, incredible, all-sufficient God praise and worship today. That's what we're here for. That's what we've been doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some weeks ago, I sent out an email to the church family, and I asked you for suggestions about what Pastor Javier and I could preach in a series called Hot Topics for a Hot Summer. And isn't it appropriate this Sunday to preach hot topics on a hot, for a hot summer? And I was actually surprised at some of the responses. One response in particular surprised me. Many of you, I mean, it was one of the top suggestions, said, we want to hear about heaven. Now, that is not exactly what I had in mind when I thought hot topics for a hot summer. But I said, okay, let's talk about heaven. That's why we were singing about heaven today, in case you didn't know it. Today, we're going to talk about, about heaven you may remember, or you may not, that a couple months ago I preached a sermon with the title, Love God or Go to Hell. You remember that one? Well, this is the polar opposite of that. Today it's Love God and Go to Heaven. I want to talk about this place called heaven. This place that Jesus promised that he was going to prepare. He said, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. That place is called heaven. So today, we take time to talk about this place, this dwelling place of God called heaven. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, today, we talk about your place, where you live. Not sure exactly what that means, Lord, but we're curious. We're interested. So we ask, Lord, that today that you would reveal a little more, shed a little more light on this subject that is so important to many of us. And we want to say again, Lord, how much we are blessed and how much we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk this morning about heaven by using a series of questions and then trying to find the answers to those questions in God's Word. Now, we have to realize when we first start that the Bible does not clearly answer every single question we have about heaven. But it does give us guidance on what to expect or what to look forward to when we all get to heaven. By the way, after studying about this last couple of weeks... <laughs> This morning, we're just scratching the surface, okay? There is so much 
to this subject about heaven. So let's start off here. Does heaven exist? Now, Joe, let me get there. Okay. All right. (laughs) Is there a place called heaven? Some Some people say no. Some people say it's a legend, it's a myth, it's just kind of a story in the Bible. Is there really a place called heaven? Well, as I was looking through the the Bible trying to answer that question, does heaven exist, I came across well over 700 verses throughout the Bible that mention in one way or another heaven. So I picked in the Bible and pulled one out, just one. The only significance about this one verse is it's the one I picked to illustrate that the Bible over 700 times talks about heaven. It's 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 30 says, God, hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. In this chapter, 1 Kings chapter 8, there are four verses that say heaven is the dwelling place of God. Jesus talks about heaven in the New Testament. And as a matter of fact, he talks about heaven in a way that would make you believe that he just assumes that everybody believes it exists. As a matter of fact, most of the Bible, when it mentions heaven, it just assumes almost that we all believe that there is such a place called heaven. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was preaching. And in one section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does a little teaching on prayer. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, This is how you should pray. Then he says, Our Father in heaven. Those are the words of Jesus teaching us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So yes, Virginia, there is a heaven. We all okay with that? Can we move on past that? Heaven does exist. The second question is, since heaven does exist, what will heaven be like? What can we expect in heaven? Well, the Bible is fairly clear on some of the things that we can expect and we can, decide, we can understand that this is what heaven will be like. First of all, heaven will be a breathtaking place. It will be filled with breathtaking beauty. The, the, the Apostle John tried to give us a clue or put into words the beauty of heaven when he wrote in, in Revelation chapter 21 of his vision of heaven. And here's some of the things he wrote about heaven. This beautiful place. Chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Verse 11 says, It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. Verse 18 says, The wall was made of jasper, the city pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. And then it gives a whole list of precious stones. 
Verse 21, it says, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. I would have liked to see the oyster that made those pearls. I just, that's, that's what passed my mind when I read this. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl, the pearly gates. The street of the city was pure like gold, like transparent glass. You see, God also gives us hints or clues or examples, if you will, of the beauty of heaven here on earth. Because, you see, God created heaven and earth. This where we live is a created place that God made for us. I have been different places in my life where it has been beautiful. And I have, I have said when I have come up, up, up to some place that was beautiful, I've said actually or at least thought, this must be something like heaven. I can remember a bus ride I took through Ireland, through the countryside of Ireland. You talk about the Emerald Island, I understood why they called it the Emerald Island. It was fabulous. I remember the time I was on a boat floating through the fjords of Norway and seeing those beautiful, majestic mountains coming up out of that water. I said, this looks like heaven to me. I can remember seeing the rugged beauty of Siberia while I, while I was out there. It was land that went on forever, untouched by humans, and just animals roamed around. And I said, this, this must be something like heaven. I can remember one time I flew into Amsterdam at the time when the tulips were in bloom. They had fields full of tulips. And the, the colors, when I was landing up in the sky, they just jumped off the ground and hit me in the face. It took my breath away. I have never seen anything so brilliant. I thought to myself, this must be something like heaven. I remember one week I was driving up and down the Oregon coastline, and it was beautiful. I had to stop my car more than once and just get out and just drink it in. So this must be something of what heaven is about. When I looked into the Grand Canyon, it took my breath away. When I walked through the blue bonnet fields of central Texas, I thought this must be what, the, what heaven is like. And just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of holding my wife's hand, and walking through Pokagon State Park. We were walking in the woods, just minding our own business, smacking mosquitoes. We were just walking through the woods, holding hands, talking. And it occurred to us, we were in the midst of beauty. Maybe that's something, what heaven is like. Heaven is like that and much, much more. What will heaven be like? Heaven will be breathtaking beauty. What else will heaven be like? Heaven will be like, the Bible tells us, unceasing praise and worship. Spontaneous praise to a holy God. You see, in heaven, in the pure presence of God, you won't be able to help yourself. You will be in the presence of God and you will fall on your face. Hey, who knows? Maybe you will live on your face before God, praising Him, and just, just can't help yourself. We get a little glimpse of that in Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Starts with verse 8. Listen to what this says. 
In heaven, day and night, they never stop saying. Hear that? They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sit on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before him, before the throne, and say, You are worthy. O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. They never stopped praising God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I was wondering if we should do this, but I don't think we can get it. I don't think we can, but we're going to try. Let's just see if we can practice here today, those of us sitting here today, and we can practice with what happens in heaven 24-7. And follow me. Join me as we praise God with this phrase. Let's say it together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Once more, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Not bad, but not even close. What will heaven be like? It will be breathtaking beauty. It will be continuous, spontaneous, fall-on-our-face praise. And like hell, it will be eternal. The next question is, that I've heard people ask from time to time, is will we know our relatives in heaven? Will we be known? Will we know other people in heaven? Well, the Bible gives us some strong indication that this is for sure what will happen. This is... This is probably what will, it'll be like. One of those places is found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. Matthew chapter 8, verse 11 says this. Jesus speaking. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, what Jesus seems to be saying here is that in the kingdom of heaven, Abraham... Isaac and Jacob will be known as who they are. We will recognize Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when we sit, come from the east and the west, the north and the south, and sit at the great feast at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are known in heaven, so will other people be known. So it is, oh, I don't know, I would say... I believe that when I get to heaven, I will know my family, and they will know me. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, For we now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. There is going to be a time when we get to heaven that we will be more known for who we are than we've ever been before. You see, who we are is not this body. That we have. 
It is the spirit that is inside us that is who we are. When you go to a funeral, this body lays in a casket, and that's not who that person is anymore. Who they truly are is gone, hopefully, to heaven. And it is pretty sure that we will know and be known in heaven. Another question that people ask is, do people in heaven know what's going on on earth? Do the people in heaven, once they get there, do they know what we're doing? For, for example, our past family members. Well, it seems to be clear to me that that is the case. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What does it mean, great cloud of witnesses? What does that refer to? Well, you have to go back to chapter 11 of Hebrews. There is a long list of old past heroes of the faith. These are people that have gone before, that have run the race, and now, now they are in the kingdom of heaven, and they make up, in part at least, this great cloud of what, what the, the writer of the Hebrew calls of witnesses that is around us and, and knowing what we are about to do. Or what we do. These people, some of them, it says, even pray for us. Jesus is our interceder, intercessor, but some of these people, they, it is believed, join him in praying for us. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Revelation 5, 8. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, living and apparently dead. One early church father said this about his father when his pa after his father had passed away. He said this, I am well assured that my father's intercession is of more avail now than it was his instruction in former days. Since he is closer to God now that he has shaken off his bodily fetters and freed his mind from the clay that obscured it. It seems rather clear that those that are in heaven, that make up that great cloud of witnesses, that knows what is going on. Now, I thought about that this week. See, my father and mother are in heaven. I have no doubt about that. They're in heaven. It, it just intrigues me to think that they know what I'm doing or they're aware of it. If that's true, my mother is still praying for me that I will have my devotions every day. I know my mother, and she is praying that her children will walk in the ways of the Lord. That was, a, that was a, a great thought for me this week. I want to get personal now. Uh, that's kind of what I do. And I just want to ask this. Who goes to heaven? You? How about you? Do you go to heaven? How about you? Do you, do you go to heaven? See, some people say everyone goes to heaven. The Bible even says God is not willing that anyone should perish. So who goes to heaven? Well, let's read the whole verse, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. 
He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants everyone to come to repentance. There's that everyone. Does everyone go to heaven? No. God wants everyone to come to repentance. You see, heaven is for people that have repented from their sins and turned from their wicked ways, their sinful ways. Heaven is for people who love God with all their heart and keep His commands. Somebody say amen. God has done everything necessary to provide a way for you and me to go to heaven. But we must walk in that way. He has provided the way of repentance and salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Have you repented from your sins, brothers and sisters? God has provided His Holy Spirit to convict and guide and empower and move in our lives. Are you walking in step with the Spirit, brothers and sisters? God has given us His Holy Word, our holy roadmap to help us navigate through this journey called life. Are you living a According to God's word, brothers and sisters, God has provided us all, even with road signs along the way, hints or nudges along the way of our journey that would help to turn us back toward him in the person of perhaps godly parents or godly grandparents whose, whose feet, if you follow them, will lead you all the way to heaven. He gives us people in our lives that that are road signs to say, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Perhaps some of the road signs are godly friends, perhaps, that he uses to speak truth into your life at times when you need it. Perhaps God even uses experiences in your life and mine to say, hey, remember me? These experiences that God brings to us, and he, he he is wanting us to stop And listen to his still small voice. Perhaps even a message like this today is something else that God wants to use as a road map or a a sign to nudge us toward his will and his way. Who goes to heaven? See, it's your choice. Galatians chapter 5 says this. Galatians chapter 5. This is pretty clear in my book. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. Not everyone goes to heaven. But everyone who repents and turns from their wicked ways goes to heaven. Somebody say amen. Amen. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step. With the Spirit. Who goes to heaven? Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Heaven. The place where God dwells and therein 
lies the best thing by far about heaven. It's not that there will be no more sorrow or sickness or pain or death. It's not that there's incredible beauty or unceasing praise. It's not that we will be with our relatives again and know them and have fellowship with them. All of that's good and okay to look forward to, but that is not the best thing about heaven, not even close. The best thing about heaven is that we will be living for eternity in the presence of Jesus himself. We will be living in the presence of a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We will be experiencing that holy presence, living in it 24-7, if there is 24-7 in heaven. The holy relationship that is not hindered by the curse of sin. We will be involved in that. Can you sense it, brothers and sisters? We will be falling down at the feet of Jesus and praising him in unhindered praise, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. You see, for me, heaven is one glorious place, and I'm going there. The older I get, the closer to God I get, the more heaven gets my attention. There is this growing longing for heaven in my soul, not because I want to leave this world, but because I want to see Jesus. He is getting more precious to me with every passing day. I'm not in a big hurry to leave. I've got more things I want to see. Good night. My daughter just got married. I want a grandkid now and then. I'm not in a hurry to leave. But on the other hand, I want to see Jesus. I want to be part of that continuous, spontaneous, unhindered praise. Holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Brothers and sisters, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you love Jesus? I mean you. You. Do you love Jesus? Love God and go to heaven.